We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast presented by Blue Wire, uh, also presented by Untuck It and Manscaped, two of our sponsors today. We're coming at you after the Bulls just dropped a 2-5 and five on the season, losing to the Pistons 108-95. Uh, just Pacers, Pacers, not Pistons. Sorry, they beat the Pistons. to the Pacers, 108-95. I screwed up just like the Bulls did throughout this game. <laughs> the Bulls really had no excuse to lose this game, Jason. We're going to get pretty fired up on this podcast, I think. The Pacers are, of course, without Victor Oladipo, who's going to be out for the first few months of the season. They're without both Miles Turner and Domantas Sabonis in this game, three of their four best players. The Bulls had no excuse to drop this contest after beating the Pistons on Friday, a golden opportunity to get some positive momentum, heading back to the United Center on Tuesday to play the Lakers. Instead, the Bulls come out extremely flat. The same problems that have uh, been arising throughout the start of this season again occurred. Bulls could not make a three, could not make a free throw, only 14 to 25 from the foul line, 56% at free throws tonight. Uh, Just a really horrible game from the Bulls, a game they had no excuse to lose. And this season, Jason, is really getting off on their own foot. Absolutely, yeah. And this game was just a clunker right from the very start. Like you said, Pacers missing all these guys, and I said it before. I've said it before all these games now. I mean, they've not lost to the Hornets, uh, the Pacers without these all these guys, the Cavs and the Knicks to be 2-5. and five. And right from the start, the Bulls had 18 points in the first quarter. They shot like 8 of 24, 1 of 9 from 3, so they were down 6. And then the defense was a mess in the second quarter. They, they were basically just getting beat all game. It's not like they like jumped out to a lead and blew it. They were just kind of getting beat by this undermanned team all game. They got beat on the glass again, despite the Pacers being without their starting front court of Turner and Sabonis. Uh, Lowry Markkinen is basically a non-factor again. Levine was not very good. Uh, like Otto Porter was a disaster. He was something like 1 of 10 shooting. Kobe White couldn't make a damn shot. You mentioned the free throws. They missed 11 free throws. Uh, basically, just it was all bad. Besides, like Wendell Carter Jr. had a nice twenty and ten game, but 
Yeah, I mean these just bad losses. Just just the trend of these bad losses early in the season are just a huge just a huge problem. We talked about it before. We've talked about it. We've harped on this. We thought the Bulls were going to get off. They had a great opportunity to get off to a good start. We thought maybe they'd be like four and one, even maybe five and one or five four and two after these first five six games. Instead, to lose all these games. I know they're on the road, and road games are tougher, but. You can't be losing these games. If like if you're going to be taken seriously as a playoff team, you can't be racking up these kinds of losses. The one like legitimate team they played, the Raptors, they weren't competitive in the second half and they lost by like 20. Their two wins right now is against the Grizzlies where they needed Kobe White and Zach Levine to go absolutely wild, and Kobe White has been awful since that Grizzlies game. And then the Pistons game you mentioned. Uh, and the I mean, the Pistons aren't that good either. They're kind of a ho-hum team without Blake Griffin. Uh, obviously, D-Rose had a nice game. Andre Drummond's been playing really well, but... I mean, yeah, you should beat a, a, a mediocre to bad Pistons team on the road missing their best player. And the Bulls almost blew a 16-point They did blow a 16-point lead in that game. They ended up pulling it out at the end. Zach Levine and Thad Young hit some big threes down the stretch. But, I mean, right now it's basically like if Zach Levine's not hitting some wild three-pointers late in the game, and that hasn't happened that much, the Bulls are losing these games to terrible teams, and the schedule is about to get a lot tougher. They play the Lakers next. So there's just really nothing right now that – Besides Wendell Carter Jr., that's positive about the Bulls. It's really, they don't have anything to like hang their hat on, and it's hard to stay optimistic. I, I don't want to give up on this team so quickly, but right now it's just it's just fucking awful. The offense is straight up trash right now. I really believe that this was going to be the rare season where the Bulls' offense was better than their defense. That hasn't happened so far. What are the problems? They can't shoot to save their life. Something is up with Larry Markinen, man, because this guy has a track record of being a high-level shooter. We really thought that this was going to be his breakout season heading into the year. I said all offseason, Markkinen had more pressure on him than any other player on the roster this year, and he is really coming up short this season to begin. Uh, Today, one of four from threes, only finishes with 11 points. He just cannot get in a rhythm offensively. I think that, you know, at this point in the season, he should probably focus on getting to the rim, burning some guys off the dribble. That's what he was doing decently uh, when he was finding success in this game. He had one big and one dunk in transition, just getting down the floor. They have to get marking and playing downhill. And I do want him to return to those three-point shots later in the season because I think his true, his like actual shooting ability is much higher than it's been right now. But he has looked horrible to start this season. I think that that is a major issue with the Bulls moving forward. What's up with Lowry Markkinen? I was so ready to anoint Otto Porter as the best player on the team after watching the Pistons game. In the third quarter, the Bulls took control of that game because Otto Porter started running the pick and rolls. He had some great chemistry with Wendell Carter Jr. throwing some oops. He hit some floaters. He hit two pull-up threes. I thought, finally, Otto's back. It was the first game all season. He scored in double figures. And then he follows it up with a total stinker today, going 1-10 from the field for four points. He also rolled his ankle in the first half. He had x-rays on that after the game. They were negative. We don't know how long that's going to linger. Porter needs to be better. I thought he was the best player on this Bulls team heading into the season. He looked like it when they beat the Pistons, but the majority of the year he's been pretty terrible like i said that was the only time he scored in double figures so he's a major major question mark thus far and then zach it's the same old zach man like the whole offseason was building him up for this like breakout year where he was going to make an all-star team he was going to lead the bulls to the playoffs he was finally going to get the respect that zach levine deserves that zach levine hasn't done shit to earn any respect he's been the best player on a bunch of trash teams he hasn't shown an ability to elevate his teammates he 
has horrible decision-making with the ball in his hands. His defense is as bad as ever. He can show us how hard he's working, but that doesn't mean he's actually doing anything to fix his problems. He isn't working smart, even if he's working hard. He isn't actually learning from his mistakes, which is the biggest thing about trying to improve. You see what was holding you back, how you can improve. He hasn't done that at all. It's the same old Zach Levine. It's incredibly frustrating because this guy is one of the best tough shot makers in the NBA. Today, four of eight from three. He kept a minute. Uh, tonight for a stretch in the second half, he basically won the game for the Bulls against the Pistons by hitting two ridiculous threes in the last three minutes when he hadn't scored the entire second half before those two daggers. Levine, major disappointment. Uh, but to me, the biggest culprit is Boylan. Now, I'm going to shoot this over to you, Jason, but I am w- witnessing a very rare thing right now. It's that even the C-Red people are like, Boylan sucks. We got to fucking get rid of this clown. What has Boylan done to show that he's not the worst coach in the NBA? One. And two, has Boylan made an in-game adjustment the entire season? Because the rotations have been the same in every single game. It's not like he's riding the hot hand. It's not like he's uh, making coaching adjustments impulsively. He's defending the pick and roll the same way with Carter as he is with Cornette. He's not adjusting to his personnel. He's not adjusting his rotations. I don't think Jim Boylan has made a single in-game adjustment the entire season. He is a garbage coach, and he is the biggest reason the Bulls have been trash right now. Yes, marketing can't shoot. Yes, Porter has been very underwhelming. But Boylan has been awful so far, Jason. Yeah, the, he has done like a few tweaks to the rotation. Like I know, like today, and I think a couple other games as well. Like he's been, he like pulled Lowry like really early. Like I don't know if that was performance based or that that's like his new thing because. There was a whole thing where they were doing like the full bench lineups and they weren't staggering like Levine and Lowry as much. I think they're trying to do that more now, but in general, just the rotations just seem like an entire mess. He's still riding that three guard lineup with Kobe, Arch, and Chris Dunn. Like, even though even if they're staggering with, when they get like Lowry and uh, either Thad Young or Carter out them like together, like it's still that off that that three guard lineup just can't produce enough offense. Uh, and they got and the like the Pacers obviously shorthanded bad and their bench is not good, and the the Bulls bench got outplayed by a Pacers bench that has like T.J. Leaf had a double double and Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday were tossing up bricks from three and like they still they still were in, a, in the pluses so like you mentioned like the the pick and roll coverage with Cornette just absolute disaster like I still I think Cornette was still like a solid cheap move as your backup stretch five you can't be having him continually blitzing and. On these, on these freaking pick and rolls, like the, the defense just gets all out of whack. He's not a guy who's gonna be out there who's athletic enough or nimble enough to be able to blitz on those and then recover and and, and actually disrupt stuff. Once that whole thing at the at the, at the uh, point of attack gets uh, gets messed up, everything on the backside rotations get messed up, and the Pacers and all these other teams we've seen throughout the season, they just get open open shots out of it. Whether it's open threes, whether it's Driving all the lane to the lane. We also saw today just multiple times like Malcolm Brogdon driving all the way to the lane. No help defense. Not not at all. So getting beat at the point of attack and no no help side. So just like a complete mess. And just like what is well, what has Boylan like been doing in these like they they talk it up and Boylan was spouting some nonsense, I think, after the Cavs game about how, oh hell yeah, I've seen growth. It's like what growth have you seen from this team? Like they've been awful all season so far. They're basically lucky to have a couple of wins. Yeah, he just has not been good. The rotations have not been good. Like, I'm curious 
If we're going to see Daniel Gafford at any point, Denzel Valentine was inactive today. Chandler Hutchinson apparently was available, but he didn't play. And again, he stuck with this. the three-guard lineup. Kobe White was a disaster today. 0 of 6. He couldn't make anything. He still played 24 minutes. Like Arch fouled out in 17 minutes. Chris Dunn had some nice passes. He did have six assists, but he's can't. He, Chris Dunn hasn't made a three yet this year. The Bulls have played seven games. Chris Dunn is like 0 for 10 or like 11 from three. These guys just aren't cutting. Like if Hutch is available, I don't know. Did, did did you see any? I haven't seen an update on him. Did they explain why he didn't at least get a chance? Because just like I know Hutch isn't good. Like I've been a noted just like. Hutch Doubter, I didn't like him last year. He was awful in summer league, but like these three guard lineups and they're just so small and they're getting out rebounded every game. Like, try to get another more athletic, bigger body out there. I just don't really know what they're doing. Obviously, there a lot a lot has been made about Markin and getting benched in fourth quarters over in favor of Thad Young. I mean, Thad Young's been better than Markin, so like that's not a huge deal, but in general, just like I don't know. I'm like today, and Wendell Carter Jr. played 28 minutes. Like I don't know, is he on a minute restriction? I know he's still trying to get his legs back under him. But Wendell Carter was is like the was the Bulls' best player today by far, and he was on the bench until like under four minutes to go in the fourth quarter for some reason. I, he, there was a stretch where he was out like during, when the Bulls could have made a run, and I don't know. It probably wouldn't have made a difference because the Bulls were terrible. But like I just really don't know what's happening with any of these rotations with the defense, the offense. Obviously, they just can't make shots, but they still need to be better in general. It's just, a, it's just a total damn mess right now. Yeah, man, it's awful. And it's like the offense is not generating. <laughs> they So the offense is generating pretty good looks, yeah, I think. Like they're think taking so. a lot of threes that are open. They're getting some shots at the rim. They're not taking a ton of mid-range shots. So the shot profile, I think, has been good for the offense. If you're looking for some upside, I think that that's where it lies. Like they are taking good shots. They're just not making them. Uh but like what like what is going on with marketing? This is a major issue right now. Like I think that maybe he's trying to press a little bit because he's playing for a contract next season. There's probably a decent amount of pressure on him uh, to get a max deal heading into next year. He doesn't want to get squeezed like Buddy Heald did and lose, you know, ten or twenty million or whatever. Dude, chill out. You're gonna be rich for the rest of your life anyway. You're a young man, you've got everything you could ever want. He needs to be a consistent scoring threat off the ball every single game. They need to be running actions to get Markin in the ball and spots on the floor where he can succeed. I would like to see him attack closeouts a little more often because teams are still closing out on him like he's an elite shooter. This dude is nowhere near an elite shooter this season. I believe he's shooting sub 20% now on the year from three. He has been horrible. Another thing that no one wants to talk about, I went to tweet it today and then you know didn't hit send because I was too scared of the backlash, but it's true. Kobe White has been fucking killing the Bulls in his minutes over the last four or five games. Today, O of six from the field for one point uh he was okay against detroit but he was terrible against cleveland three of 12 for eight points he was bad against new york five points on five shots against toronto 14 shots for eight points kobe has been atrocious ever since that breakout game where he dropped 25 on memphis granted he did win him a game which is more than you can say about half the players on this fucking team that's trash but Kobe, I would dial back his minutes. Like, he's just not ready. They need to get Hutchison in that lineup, and if he's not ready, they need to go out and acquire a small forward. The wing depth on this team was an issue before the season even started. If Otto Porter is bad the whole year, or God forbid Otto Porter gets hurt, dude, we're going to be talking about one of the worst teams in the league this year with the Bulls because they have nothing to cover him on the wing. 
Hutchison was always a golden, you know, lottery ticket. Like, you can't count on him at all. He's a total mystery box at this point as an NBA player. They need to get a defensive-minded wing on the roster to cover up some of their holes. Uh, this isn't second-guessing either, Jason. This was a problem everyone said all offseason. They had no wing depth. Now we're seeing the price of no wing depth. And with how bad Porter's been, uh, I don't really know where they go from here, especially if he's hurt after this ankle injury. Yeah, it definitely was a problem. And you, I, I, it's we're get we're at the point where it's like played Chandler Hardison, played Denzel Valentine, and like maybe that'll, maybe that'll fix it. But like I mean, that's they have so many problems right now that that kind of stuff won't fix it. But I feel like you have to try it. You just can't keep running your head in the wall with these really small lineups, these three guard lineups. You gotta try something else. You, you, Hutchinson, you gave him the promise. Play him if he's healthy. Maybe he wasn't actually totally ready. But uh, before we talk about anything else, let's take a quick word from our from our two sponsors. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means, gifts. And what better gift to give for the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right. Unlike most brands, Untuck It are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter your size. You can look sharp and casual. Ever seen an untucked button-down shirt? Jason, it it looks bad, doesn't it? Why? It's because they're not meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked, no matter your size or shape. Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With the holidays near, Jason, there's no better gift to give the favorite dude in your life. With more than 50 different combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys all the same. Uh, as a short dude myself, I feel like it's tough for me to find untucked, you know, button-up shirts. This is going to be really beneficial for people like me and for all different types of body types. Uh, you can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of the 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from wrinkle-free button-down shirts, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more with untucked shirts. Your shirts will never look baggy or too long or too big ever again. The website's also easy to use. It's got an entire page devoted to helping you find the right fit. So if you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com. Use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I know sometimes when you're, when you're working below the belt down there, you're doing a little manscaping. Sometimes you get some nicks. I've had that issue happen before. That's why Manscaped is here. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't, won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Thank God. Don't use this, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because that's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Reserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, and your balls will thank you for it. So again, that is 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that code BLUEWIRE. Right, we are back. Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast. Jason and Ricky talking about another awful Bulls loss. 108 
to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, capping off just another just kind of crap week. Last time we talked was after the terrible Knicks loss, and they went to Cleveland, another game they should have won, and basically melted down down the stretch there. Colin Sexton dunked all over Wendell Carter Jr. for the exclamation point in that game. So that was an ugly loss, and they, they beat the Pistons. Thought maybe you'd get a two-game winning streak given the Pacers' shorthandedness, and they end up getting their ass beaten. Uh, there's all these quotes about it out there coming after this game. Thad Young, Zach Levine, I've seen just talking about how they're just, they're just not taking games like seriously enough. They're, they're getting their ass beat. They're, they're getting getting to take it to them. And just like that's obviously just does not reflect on the team well. It doesn't reflect on the coach well. Just the entire organization. Just like you tell you to come out and have all this hype. Uh, you hype yourself up. Oh yeah, like we th- we're going to be a playoff team. Blah blah blah. To come out and start the season like this at two and five with all these bad losses, it's just absolutely unacceptable, inexcusable. Uh, I mean, I, Jim Bowen's not going anywhere. He obviously signed an extension, an undeserved extension, uh, in the off season. I know Casey Johnson, NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, did a mailbag earlier earlier in the week and said that Jim Boylan's not going anywhere. John Paxson loves him. The front office really loves him. And I mean, we we've heard all that. They're like two peas in a pod. We've talked about this, but I mean, if the Bulls keep going like this, just I mean, again, Boylan did not deserve that extension in the first place. They didn't prove anything, and then to come out and talk a big game and to come out and play to start the season like this. It's unacceptable, and something has to change. Boylan's got to change his rotations. He's got to change his scheme, his defense. The, they obviously got to start making some more shots as well, but something's got to give here. Because this, this is ridiculous stuff that we've seen from the Bulls so far. Dude, this is going to be the story of the season because I told you before the year there's no way they're ever going to fire Boylan. I honestly think Paxson might quit himself before firing Boylan. He is so attached to this guy because why? Throughout the entire history of the Garpax administration, they haven't gotten along with their head coaches. That's because their head coaches are smarter than them, and they know that they're dumbasses. Jim Boylan is such a huge dumbass that he's buying everything the front office is selling. This dude has worked his entire life, Boylan has, to get an opportunity to be a head coach in the NBA. He's a company man. He's extremely grateful for the opportunity. I don't blame him for that. The problem is he sucks. The You know, the fans who are critical of the Bulls all the time, they knew he was bad. Even the fans who are super optimistic now are like, this guy's the reason we're losing. If Boylan continues to suck and the team continues to underperform, even if they end up winning like 30, 31 games, that's going to be a disaster of a season given the expectations when people really thought they could challenge for a playoff spot. Uh, I think that, you know, is Paxson going to crack? Like, can he handle this? Because last year you saw him call radio interviews interrogations when he went on the score. He It really seemed like the media pressure got to him a little bit. Uh, he set expectations for the team at Media Day this year. He said, we're going to make the playoffs. And they're coming out. They're losing to the very worst teams in the league. It's not like they're losing to the top half of the Eastern Conference. It's not like they're getting smoked by the Western Conference teams. They're losing to dog shit teams. And because of that, I feel like, you know, the issue with the coaching is going to continue to be a problem throughout the year. Boylan has to be fired. And if Paxson doesn't fire him, I truly wonder what's going to happen with this season. Like, where is the line where Boylan gets fired? Is it if they win 30 games, do they bring him back next year? Like, Boylan kisses up so much that it's basically become impossible for Garpax to let him go, but the entire fan base is going to put a ridiculous amount of pressure on that happening. This season could come apart real quick because of that. Yeah, I mean, if they lose, like, under 30, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't know what ownership thinks. 
I mean, I guess Michael Reinsdorf probably loves Boylan. Again, he likes to suck up to them. But, like, if this season really goes south, I mean, you can't, you can't keep him. I mean, I, I feel if this season goes south, they, there might be huge changes in general. Like, I mean, I think in that case, you Levine's might be looking gone. at trying to trade Zach Levine. I don't know what you do with Lowry if he – Lowry's not going to be this bad all year. He's obviously – he's whatever. He might be hurt. I saw someone – I saw a rumor on Twitter just now claiming that he might be playing with a back problem. But again, this is this has been a thing. His career, like he can't stay healthy. He had the issue, weird issue last year. He seems like he gets winded easily. His defense has been bad. He can't make shots. He will shoot better. I'm very confident in that. I'm not giving up on him as an offensive player, but like he's just not showing that much diversity in his game either. So, so when he's not making these threes, he's basically kind of useless. And that's why Boylan has benched him in some of these crunch time minutes, which I don't blame him for that. Thad Young's a good player. He's a veteran. If you're trying to win games and Lowry's not doing anything, you play Thad Young. I totally understand that. But All right, here's, here's yes. the other problem. Yeah. yeah. The Bulls have no idea who their best players are, and they're not yeah. coaching them up to that standard. Wendell Carter Jr. has been the best player on the team all year. Yes. Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter, if Porter could get his head out of his ass, or as long as he's healthy, because he's been pretty he was bad tonight, those are the two guys who are your best decision makers on the team. I want Otto running more pick and rolls than Zach, who's basically just jab-stepping to eight times, firing up a super hard shot. Sometimes it goes in because he has ridiculous touch. And Markinen is just totally in his own head right now. He's a straight-up disaster. Carter and Porter need to be the two focal points of the offense. Uh, you saw Sadoransky really develop some nice chemistry with Carter today in the second half. Carter's been awesome so far. The problem is that Carter is so consumed with playing the game the right way and with being this type of guy who's like, yeah, coach, I'll do anything you want me to do. He has a great attitude, but it's almost costing him and the team at this point. He needs to be more aggressive. My coworker, Michael Pina at SBNation.com, wrote a great Wendell profile this past week. Go look it up in it. He talked about the idea for the idea of Wendell becoming more aggressive, becoming more confident in himself. He's been passing up wide open threes all year. He finally hit a three against the Pistons, I believe. And uh, before that, he had some like rim in and rim out. I know his free throw shooting was bad today, but I need Carter to start being more aggressive, looking for his own offense today. Nine to ten from the field. 20 points, 10 rebounds. Carter is maybe the best player on this team, needs to be the focal point of the team, and he's the only one who I really trust to make a good decision with the ball in his hands. They're not letting Carter facilitate the offense at all, which I thought was one of the biggest issues coming into this season. I said, you know, let Carter you know, run the offense through him. He's averaging, last year he averaged 1.8 assists per game. This year, those assist numbers are way down. Uh, He's only at 0.7 assists per game this year. That's a problem of scheme, not of his talent. He's a great passer. I tweeted a video uh, yesterday from the Pistons game where he basically saw Sadoransky behind him through a ridiculous jump pass to get him an open three that he knocked down. Let Carter make the decisions. Give Carter the ball. Empower him to be a scorer. Because right now, it looks like he's playing a little tentative offensively, at least as a jump shooter. Let the kid shoot. He's going to be a good shooter in time. Wendell Carter looks like the only saving grace of this Bulls team right now, but I want them to make him trust himself more because he's he's a very good player. I'd rather have him making the decisions with the ball in his hands than anyone else right now. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen him just get more aggressive, like, just around the basket. You mentioned the pick and roll stuff with Sadoransky. They had, they had some really nice stuff going. I feel like they should have gone to that well more often. Like, Sadoransky had nine assists today, which he was making some really nice decisions. Until the end of the game, he had some really ugly turnovers when the Bulls were just kind of forcing stuff. It was just kind of comical. But I thought Sadoransky played decently well today, with, and he had that nice two-man 
two-man game going with Carter, and he's done some really nice stuff on the offensive boards too, getting pulling down strong rebounds, going back up strong and getting buckets. We saw him as a rim runner, getting some lobs, finishing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I read the, I read that article from Michael Pena that was really good. You just gotta. Thad Young says Wendell Carter's got. I think it was like he's got some shit to him or shitting him or something like that because he the guy when he when he puts his mind to it when he's playing aggressive like the guy's the guy's a beast but he's he, I, I totally agree that he's needs to be empowered to do more stuff he is obviously very young and I think that's almost like a problem that he that, that they need him to be like that much more aggressive because we thought that Zach Levine and Larry Markin and Otto Porter Jr. would be better and you mentioned the stuff with Otto Porter Jr. about like the pick and roll stuff like when he. When they when they made that trade last season and he came over and the Bulls had that good February, uh, I think they he ran like something like I think like two times as many pick and rolls as he used to do in Washington because obviously the Wizards had Beal and Wall and they initiated most of the offense and Porter was more of a spot up guy and when Porter came over here, uh, he was doing more initiating himself. I think Zach Lowe called this out as well in his Ten Things article weekly article just how Porter has not been good and how how just in general he's just been bad. Yeah, the Bulls need to see that versatile. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. I, I feel like it's no coincidence that the Bulls won that game against the Pistons when Otto Porter was much better, and then they, in all these other games that they've lost, he just hasn't been very good. He was decent against the Cavs, and the rest of the team was just kind of ass. But yeah, there's just again they have like nothing to hang their hat on right now outside of Wendell Carter just delivering consistently solid performances and like Thad Young being pretty good. Outside of that, it's just a hot mess all across the roster. With Levine, you mentioned the decision making and stuff like that, and like the initiating stuff, like and j- basically jacking up bad threes. Like, yeah, today Levine had two free throw attempts, two assists, three turnovers. He shot well from three, but 21 points and 20 shots, not good. Zach's like under four assists a game. I think he's like three, three and a half. Like all the people were talking about, oh, Zach Levine can be like the Bulls' James Harden. Like, that's no, like he's not the passer. He's not the high level decision maker. At all right now, and just like they're they're just searching for answers. Clearly, uh, there's so many issues right now. Like we've obviously talked a lot of them, uh, and the schedule is about to get harder. So it's not like it's gonna get any easier. That the, that was the whole point we were talking about is they could use this this beginning of the season. I know there were road games. I know they had some new guys working, but they had these supposedly easier games where they could get off to a nice start, build some momentum, so they can be better against when the schedule starts to toughen up. Now, like coming up, they got Lakers at home against the Lakers on Tuesday, and then they go at Atlanta. Trey Young might be back, and obviously the Hawks are way different with Trey Young. I mean, that could be and the way the Bulls are playing right now. That's two more losses. Uh, I think they got the Rockets and the Bucks coming up a couple times in the next like week or two. Like the Bulls could right now be staring at a lost season after like a month, and <laughs> they just have to be a lot better, and they have to figure it out and figure it out fast. Yeah, man. Like I said, this could get really bad. I think the frustration with the fan base really hit rock bottom last year. I think that that's why it was smart for the Bulls to sign some veterans to try to put their young core pieces in a position to succeed. It is not happening this year in large part because Jim Boylan is probably the worst coach in the NBA. We need to get him out, and I think it's going to be a big issue until that happens. Also, you can't run the offense through Levine. I mean, he's going to have some big scoring nights as the season goes on. He's going to have some games where he looks like a no-doubt all-star, but game in and game out, he cannot be the best player on even a decent team. And we're talking the goal for this season is to be the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Dude, that's the most pathetic goal in all the NBA. It would represent amazing progress for the Bulls, given where they were at last year, 22 wins. No doubt about that. But like, that's about the upside you can have with Zach Levine as your best player. Uh, I don't want to blame Levine too much because the problems are way deeper than him, but it's like, 
you know, it's what we've been saying about this rebuild from the very start. They lack a star. Like, you would be feeling a lot better about this Bulls rebuild right now if they had Trey Young. You'd be feeling a lot better if they had Luka Doncic. Instead, they got some decent role players, some all right quality pieces, or, you know, supporting pieces, but uh, there's no star on this team. They somehow need to find a way to get a star. That's got to be the biggest concern long-term for the team. And please hire a real coach. Boylan just sucks. (laughs) I feel like he's going to drive the fan base insane all year. Uh, it's, it's getting bad, Jason, and I, I really think it could keep getting worse. Yeah, if they do keep getting worse, like, I don't, I, I still, I talk myself into the, into the Bulls before every game. Like, each, like basically all these games because these bad teams, I'm like, yeah, the Bulls should win this game. I think the Bulls are going to win this game. Like, the Bulls were a two-point underdog, I think, coming into this game. Like, that's kind of crazy when the Pacers are missing all these guys. Like, they should definitely win this game. And then they go get their ass beat. Like, I keep talking, like, some of it... I don't want to put it all on Boylan. He's obviously bad, but I mean, some of it, maybe we just need to recalibrate what this core is. I mean, you talk, we talk about Levine's, Levine's flawed. Clearly, Lowry is flawed. So, I mean, it just seems like it's it's all of it. The, the core might not be as good as we'd like to think it is, but they're definitely better than they are right now. They, they are not this bad, I don't think. And that, and that a lot of it goes to Boylan. Not being prepared, not making adjustments when things are going bad. Uh, so it's it's just, yeah, it's, it's bad, bad news. And if it does go bad... Boylan's definitely going to be a scapegoat here because I think a lot of I think a lot of fans do generally think like Zach Levine like he puts up big numbers like he's pretty good like Lowry like he's seems like a really good piece like I I feel like most fans I think I just basically said it like that we think that these players are better than this maybe they're not great maybe we do have to, like I said recalibrate our expectations but they're not they're not this bad and when you think that a team is underachieving uh, given their talent level obviously you turn to the coach and and if the, and the Bulls do. Go whatever, win 25 to 30 games. They lose a lot of ugly games. Again, Boylan is going to get fucking reamed. And it'll be deserved. Completely deserved. And it's deserved right now because the Bulls should not be this bad. Dude, home against the Lakers on Tuesday. That's the next game. Oh, my God. That could get bloody. That could be really, really <laughs> bad if Davis plays and if LeBron is motivated at all. Like That could be a 30-point loss. Uh, then you're at he- Atlanta. Like, why would they win that game? They probably won't. That's a you know. That's depends a on, like I said, I think it depends on if Trey Young's playing. But if Trey ba- Young is out, it's a bad give it a back. chance. But anyway, yeah, that's true. They're gonna yeah. lose. They're gonna lose that game. <laughs> then you're home against Houston. That game is gonna probably be played in the 130s. Houston plays no defense when they play a bad team. Uh, but they're gonna lose to Houston. Then you're home against the Knicks. I mean, you got you got to win that game. The Knicks are I mean, the, the Knicks are one and six. They're one win against the Bulls with their 15-0 run. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. And the Bulls were the one law with the one win for the Knicks right now. The Knicks have been atrocious. They are awful, and the Bulls lost to that team. It's ridiculous. Here's how sad the season's gotten. I'm now the only thing I want to see is Chandler Hutchinson. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, just give me something other than this three-point guard stink fest they've been running out here for five games in a row now. Uh, it's bad, dude. It's really bad. I think that losing all these winnable games to start the season is just the worst possible thing that could have happened for them. Uh, and yeah, I got nothing else to say on this. Yeah, on this podcast, I think that's. Jason. I'm yeah, out. I think that's. I think that's about it for us here. Uh, we don't want to keep just beating this in the ground, repeating the same thing. The Bulls have sucked really bad to start the season. Really unfortunate. Uh, again, Lakers up next. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. My expectations are not high. At all, hopefully, maybe we'll see some pro- development, some progress moving forward. But that is all for us this week. Cat Considerations, Chagables Podcast, Jason and Ricky talking about this sad Bulls team. Again, shout out to Blue Wire Pods. Shout out to our sponsors, Untugged and Manscaped. Thank you to them as always. Please go check out all the other great Blue Wire Pods across the network. 
Uh, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all those fun places. So until next time, it's been Jason, Ricky, Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls pod. Take it easy, guys, and hopefully the Bulls can stop sucking sometime soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.